silence is the voice of complicity. In the heart of the One Dish with One Spoon Treaty territory, Niagara's Sean Vanderclis and Carl Dockstader dish on any and all issues from a First Nations perspective. From pipeline politics to poverty to pan-Indianism and more, Sean shares his concrete curve leg take and Carl gives an urban Oneida angle. You are listening to One Dish, One Mic on the Niagara Podcasters Network. Are people just going to go along with, happen- with what happened in Charlottesville? Are people going to go along? I th- don't know. I mean, I think there's there's a left side, there's a right side, a good side, a bad side, and a whole bunch of people in between that are too scared to to stand up and say something. So I don't know. I mean, if, yeah, it maybe. does it does feel like there's a lot of sides to this, and right. I mean, that's exactly what Donald Trump said. There's so many sides. How do you how do you decide who you're going to side with? But there's only one side to racism, right? Exactly, exactly. And that's that's my biggest point is that. How is Donald Trump lib- literally labeling the left side the alt left? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I like, do know what you mean. How is that? It's a nightmare. It is. It's a nightmare. <laughs> it is. It really that... is. But there are a lot of people that aren't okay with this. What do they do? Nothing. They sit back. Well, they li- they should listen to this podcast. They, they should. If you're a non-indigenous person and you're listening to Sean and I, first off, you might be the first non No, I'm just kidding. We, we have we have dozens of non-indigenous listeners yeah, that, I, that I know. We have like three people. Yeah, right? So you're, you're, well, part my dad. Of a, you're part of an elite group of, of people. No, but things like listening to the podcast, right? Going to yeah. Celebration of Nations, supporting indigenous culture. Right. All the stuff we talked about on our, on our How to Be an Ally episode. There are a lot of people that do that stuff. And there are a lot of people yep. that, are pro, that are opposed to this Donald Trump-like thinking. But... Is it a vocal minority or do we live in a society where racism is so entrenched in society and so close to the surface that all it takes is the knocking down of one Robert E. Lee statue and all of a sudden you have hordes of white people marching in khakis and polo shirts with their tiki torches. (laughs) Tiki torches. (laughs) Uh, Yes, 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 and yes. I think people are scared to be labeled. I think people are scared to have the wrong opinion. I think people are just complicit. Silence is the voice of complicity. I, I think what we need, what needs to happen is I think people need to to stand up and speak their mind. They need to let everybody know that what's happening is not okay. Right, and remove the politics from it too. Left side, right side. I don't care what side you are. Racism is not okay. Yeah, you can be liberal and you can be a racist. You can be liberal and you can have um, hatred to Muslims. You can have hatred to to anything. We it, see it, right? Like all the awful comments when when the Syrian families were relocating yeah. to to Canada, right? Like like there's sometimes I'm not a big fan of the Canadian way. Right. Listen to most of our past podcasts for me to get into some right. details on that. But but when Canada opened its doors to Syria, I'm like, that's that's like some covenant change shit right, right there. That's that's Canada living up to its responsibilities and opening the doors and sharing the resources here. And everything was almost honky dory until you got to the comment section. Right. Where again, all that racism bubbled right to the surface, and that's all it was—it was racism, right? Yep. They're not us, so therefore we don't like them. Exactly. Why are we spending our money to help them when we should be helping people in this country too? Which yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong—valid, valid points completely. But it is our job to go above and beyond for everybody. Help Syrians and help homeless people. Exactly. And help veterans and help indigenous people. Yeah. You can't only help one. Exactly. Right? Like it's—it just. 
blows my mind how selfish people are is if if you if they're not immediately affected by it then why are we wasting our resources um and i mean that brings it full circle to what's going on in uh, the states like canadians you need to wake up niagarans you need to wake up for me it's pretty simple if i mean it's not my way to weigh in on the political process though i do sometimes on the regional and a lot on this show <laughs> right yeah. but at the end of the day if andy petrowski is still a regional counselor after the next election yeah. i might pack up my shit and move yeah or you might run for a council <laughs> uh, well uh, no no that'll be the day yeah that'll be the day Plus, I'll be there helping you with your campaign. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but what, what? I mean, what is going on, really? Like in the states, like it's not the roadmap's not there. That's that's my theory. I've given this a lot of thought. Okay, and I do think that that liberals have created some of this mess by finger wagging and by shaming conservative people and by uh, I I mean the analogy that I heard on public radio today when they were talking about you know the 24 7 trump channel that is now like every news outlet is that it's the only non-fake news station yeah well um yeah so democrats are out there and they're knocking on doors and they're asking people for their support but they knock on the door and they say here's a ticket for your privilege here's a ticket for your racism here's a ticket for your intolerance now come vote for me next tuesday yep Right. Like they've shamed everybody. Yeah. And I don't think that I don't think that for the vast majority of people that they have racism down to their core. Like there's clearly assholes like the assholes yeah. in Charlottesville yeah. that need to be condemned and need to be condemned by the president. But there's a lot of latent racism that gets exacerbated by finger pointing. Right. Yeah. For me, racism is obvious, obviously bad. <laughs> I agree that racism is obviously bad. Yeah. But. That's for us. We're we're indigenous people. So we've seen marginalization. We've seen that person pull out their status card at the Walmart and everybody in line rolls their eyes like, oh, yeah. now I got to wait an extra 45 seconds to three minutes. Right. We we've seen that's not even wow. Yeah. Of all the racist shit that can happen. Yeah. Getting getting annoyed at Walmart is the worst thing I can think of. We, we've seen people not get apartments. We've seen people not yeah. get jobs. We've seen people denied bank loans. We've seen people denied medical service. Yeah. We've seen women that are missing or murdered we've seen our people get subjugated time and time again it's it directly connects to the fabric of who we are so fundamentally we are anti-racists white people aren't willing to be anti-racist many of them not not all of them right but a lot of them enough of them aren't anti-racists and they need to be right maybe it's just my worldview is drastically different from their worldview like i mean Personally, I know if I were ever to run for office, I would make the same mistakes that the Democrats made in the last election. Um, I would. You would put Hillary Clinton up for the presidential nominee because I was. Well, you, you mean I'd I'd screw over Bernie Sanders? <laughs> <laughs> Corruption from the beginning. <laughs> Vote Sean, twenty eighteen. <laughs> no, I mean just when it came down to to the the uh, Republican shaming, because I mean Donald Trump is inherently a bad person. Inherently, he has made no efforts to hide who he is, and the Republicans have made Republican supporters have made no efforts to hide the fact that they support him. Yeah, and to me, I mean, he is wrong in all accounts, and I would have no problem telling anybody who supports them that they're wrong too. Yeah, if if you support him, to me, that's a support for racism. 
if you support him, that's a support for misogyny. And I may be completely like, we may disagree with this, but yeah, like, I'm sorry. I have like this day and age, I have no sympathy or empathy or respect for, for people who can possibly make up an argument for Donald Trump. Donald Trump has been a known racist and has said racist things. I mean, he had, he identifies uh, Elizabeth Warren as Pocahontas yeah. on national TV. He identifies her as Pocahontas. Can you imagine if this was Canada? Can you imagine if a conservative said this? Like, I mean, we have racism issues that we we deal with ourselves, but not to that extent, not blatant racism where he, he saying it as if it's a joke or as if it's a, a little quip, like it's an insult. It's yeah. an insult to be Pocahontas. I'm sorry, but fuck you. <laughs> really? Yeah. No, you're right. Um, so yeah, I mean, I have friends on my Facebook who are probably going to listen to this and I have friends on Facebook who have come out in support of some of the things that Donald Trump has said. Um, but I'm sorry if you support him, if you can identify with him, then we just don't see eye to eye. And, and yeah, I'm, <laughs> something's not right. Well, no, I mean, this is where, again, I try and see the reason in where Donald Trump supporters are coming from. You're right. At the end of the day, if you're still supporting Donald Trump after this past weekend, yeah. like maybe before this weekend, you could be like, well, he's a little mm-hmm. misogynistic, but that's just the locker room banter. <laughs> yeah. You know, that kind of stuff. But but if after this weekend where, I mean, he'll call out anybody for anything, right? Yeah. Like he'll, he'll complain about his attorney general. Yeah. He'll complain about people on his own staff. He'll complain about, about other Republicans. Yeah. He'll, he'll like look at him, go to town if, if anything is even close to being suspected of, of having Muslim involvement yeah. and involves any kind of a crime, like he's so quick to, to condemn that, right? But then when it comes to blatantly white nationalist neo-Nazis and alt-right groups blatantly mm-hmm. inciting a riot, that he won't condemn those people. You're right. Like that's, that's too far. I, I don't like to generalize and I've tried to be sympathetic to his base because right. I've said those are people that are marginalized. They probably lost their jobs maybe, yep. or they're in an economic situation that's not favorable. They've been maybe the victim of globalization. Like maybe something happened to them outside of their control that causes them to latch on to yep. Donald Trump. But racism has got to be the line. Like the, if you're a Donald Trump supporter at this point, you're now identifying as alt-right which is the gateway drug for racism. Exactly. I mean, and like, look at it. Look how Hitler got into place, right? He was a charismatic leader who came in at a time where the country was divided and he narrowly won. Yeah. Sound familiar? I mean, Donald Trump narrowly won. Donald Trump didn't even win the popular vote. He he won the electoral college vote. Yeah. Um, I mean, and the ban on the, the... People from six different countries coming into Canada. I mean, that was, or sorry, Canada, the United States. Yeah. That started it. I mean, his inability to say, I denounce white supremacists. i not in favor of the KKK. I hate, you know what I mean? Like he, he refused to do it. And then when he finally did, he then said, but the alt left. Let's not forget about the alt left and all the things that they were doing wrong and all the the bats and the the black suits that they were wearing and they were literally charging at, at the right the innocent peaceful right the peaceful um, right wing protesters and that's where that's where it gets dangerous and that's that's where Trump gets risky because that's that's what I've seen all over social media mm-hmm. is 
that there are there are friends that I have that are emboldened by everything that's happening yeah. with everything that happened in Charlottesville and they're emboldened by the president not making not making comments but at the end of the day they're where he was yesterday when uh, I mean depending on when you're listening to this episode right they're where he was a couple of days after when when he finally issued a statement that clearly looked like it was written by somebody else where yeah. he condemned racism outright and he condemned every aspect of racism but then he walked it back yeah. he walked it back uh, the day after yep. by saying that, well, it was the alt left that was, that was wrong too. All sides are wrong. That's, that's where historically this is going to end up is, is that the president of the United States barely condemned racism mm-hmm. and then walked it back and, and also blamed the Antifa and yep. black lives matter too. Right exactly. There. So he's against black lives matter. That's, I'd be really curious about that. Yeah. That'd be an interesting talking point. We should get a reporter to ask them that. Yeah, right. Well, the, they'll ask him and he'll just brush it off and, yep. and, and talk and about not something answer else, it, right? right? Where are you with Black Lives Matter? Do you think that, that some of the techniques that they use are too extreme or are they marginalize people doing what they have to do to represent and get out of oppression? Where I am with Black Lives Matter is Black Lives Matter. Yeah. I mean, it's that simple. It's that straightforward. In the day and age where you are more likely to be shot than hugged by a police officer maybe not hugged but yeah but greeted nicely by a police officer you have to do what you have to do um nothing the the civil rights movement in general was the most effective when the black panthers were in power wow um and i i, I mean think of it like a business negotiation you 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 offer an extreme value for something and you hope to uh, land somewhere in the middle so i'm gonna offer you i want you want to buy my house it's a million dollars. You're going to be like, I really can't afford a million dollars. I'm going to offer you $250,000. You know what's going to happen? We're going to meet in the middle and that's where we're going to settle. And I mean, I think you need these extreme, these extreme groups to, to get the point across. Yeah. Um, in reality, Black Lives Matter, what they're doing is they're defending their sons. They're defending their fathers. They're defending their uncles. And how many times have we seen people, police officers specifically, get off? Yeah. Right? No, you're you're right. Uh we recently screened the Niagara Anti Racism Coalition recently screened a movie about the Young Street riots yeah. and we had Lennox Farrell who who is a very gifted academic that, that now lives in the Niagara region and he was around at the time of the Young Street riots. Now this is rewinding the clock twenty five years. Yeah. And um it's called it. It takes a riot. I recommend if you have an opportunity to, to go see the movie yeah. that, that you go check it out. But what got me is that everything that was happening 25 years ago is still happening today. Yeah. They they had the Young Street riots, and at the time it was a pretty progressive-minded NDP government that contracted Stephen Lewis to write the Stephen Lewis report. Yeah. And and for listeners that don't know, I do anti-racism work as as a part of my day job. It's a huge part of what I do. So I read the Stephen Lewis report cover to cover and this report was written 25 years ago it could have been written last week that's how little has changed over over the course of it that's an entire generation Mm -hmm. of people that's before either of my daughters were born right that's the the day my nephew was born and entire there's millennials that were born right after that report was written and and nothing has really improved i mean and and we'll look at it from a historical context what what happened in that era right like civil rights kind of ended the civil rights movement not that it ended, but it slowed down drastically. Yeah. Yeah, there was um, a counter a counter conservative. Like when you think of the 60s as being a progressive yep. era, then you think of the 70s as a very conservative era. Yep. And then in the 80s, you have an economically neoliberal yep. era. 
And then in the 90s, you see the extension of neoliberalism. Mm -hmm. And then in in the 2000s, again, you start to see the normalization of these systems where, yeah. where people who happen to have inherited wealth benefit more than people who, who don't have that benefit. And, and nothing is done to, to correct that. And so now's the time to, to create that change. Now's the time to say no to racism. Now's the time to bring back that civil rights movement yeah. um, in all regards. Um, Black lives matter. Native lives matter. Indigenous women matter. Yeah. Um, we need to do what we can. Because we, it's unacceptable. Like, 2017 and a lady was killed by a Nazi. Yeah. Right? Yeah, right. A Nazi. Yeah. We're at the verge of nuclear war with Korea and a lady was killed by a Nazi. It's surreal. If if you would have told me this five years ago, yeah. that all of this would have happened, I, I would have said no way. There there's a nuclear armistice in place, yeah. and there's too much there's too much economic prosperity, yeah. and racial issues are are settling down. If you would have told me that 2017 was going to go down the way it was going to go down, I wouldn't have believed that, that a woman was going to get killed by a Nazi. Yeah, no, exactly. Well, I, like what? I I remember when Donald Trump won the election, I posted this meme on Facebook about. Don't forget to turn the clock back 300 years because Trump's now our president. Yikes. Jokingly posted that, right? Yeah. Um, but no, like, um, no meme could be truer than that meme. Like, he has literally brought us back generations. Will something be done? That's that's the million-dollar question, taking it back to what what can people do? Like, I, I need to see my friends yeah. on Facebook that are not members of a marginalized group. I need them to actively state I'm an anti-racist. And I didn't, I didn't used to believe that. Like yeah. I was the person that thought that, well, if we have enough multiculturalism and cultural expression, yeah. and if we spend enough time learning about all different groups of people, that that'll be enough. It's, it's not enough anymore after this past weekend. It just, it just can't be enough to, to passively not do anything, something about it. It has to be led by white people, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, the feminist cause needs to be led by women. The indigenous cause needs to be led by indigenous men. The anti-racist cause needs to be led by non-marginalized groups. Yeah. If you find yourself in the majority, you need to stand up and say it's been too much. Yeah. Um, Donald Trump is not who I look up to and who I do who I identify as a leader. Um, you need to say I'm not going to take it anymore. Right. Um. Well, but what about what about those those passive forms of racism then? Like it's I think I would I would hope that the vast majority of people at the end of the day, after everything that happened at Charlottesville, yeah. I do think that the vast majority of people do settle on the side that, that it was wrong and it was led by racist hate groups right. and they, they condemn those hate groups. But let's take it back to where Donald Trump walked it back to. Right. Like what what exactly did he say about he he defended the people that were against the statue. Right. And he said a little more than that today. Well, he, he was bringing it back to to uh, first of all, first off, the statue itself. So Robert Robert Lee, General Lee, famous Dukes of Hazzard's uh, character. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he said just because he owned slaves, does that mean uh, George Washington is next? Does, I, would, I would be for that, actually. Oh, I'd be for that, too. <laughs> Does that mean Thomas Jefferson is next? Because all these great minds all supported slavery. They did, and they, I mean, they also... And, oh, yeah. No, go ahead. 
Well, with with George Washington specifically, this may not be popular with with all of our American listener. Yeah. But um, the George Washington led the Sullivan campaign, yeah. which for anybody that doesn't know, it was a brutal anti-Iroquois campaign that at the time they spared no tactics to do what they could to try and destroy the Iroquois as, as a people too. Yep. And women and children and babies were not spared from the violence of this this campaign. So on that note, what about John A. McDonald statues? Get rid of them. They're gone. Now, do you think there's going to be like all kinds of white nationalists? Does, does, are they called white nationalists in Canada too? <laughs> Would they be white nationalists? I don't know. Um, I feel like somebody wearing stars and stripes being a white nationalist <laughs> and somebody wearing a maple leaf being a white nationalist. <laughs> I just, I wouldn't feel threatened. Like, what are you going to do? Yell A and buy me a coffee? Like, <laughs> though there could be a hockey player, right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's hockey that's player, true. hockey stick. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, John A. McDonald was not good for indigenous people. No. I am an indigenous man. Yep. I don't look up to him. I don't respect him. Yeah. So why, if you're going to give me the opportunity to speak on it, I'm going to say remove them all. Um, again, what would happen? What would happen in Alberta? What would happen in Ontario? Well, it's kind of what happened with the Langevin block. Right? Yeah, well, exactly. Like they, we have a whole episode. I, I encourage everyone to finish listening to this episode and then go listen to Senator Insanity, where we talk about Lynn Bayak. And actually, by the time we were done taping that episode, it was still unclear if anything was going to be done about yep. Lynn Bayak. We should do a like, follow-up episode. It, it took weeks and weeks, right? Yep. So at least Trump, at least Trump walked back his comments in two days. Yeah. Right. It took Lynn Bayak. Well, she's probably still sitting there somewhere. No. Lynn Bayak, if you're out there listening, just fucking apologize. Yeah. You're an idiot. Resign. Yeah, was, don't was, don't even it, apologize. Just resign it, and it go. It was wrong. Go into the wilderness and die. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> We're going to get so much hate for this. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know, what are you going to do? Probably the thing where I talk shit about hockey and coffee is going to get the most. The, Lynn Bayak, they're going to be like, ah, you know, whatever. Yeah. We, we don't care about her. But you talked about hockey. <laughs> yeah, said yeah, shit about exactly. Tim Hortons. What's wrong with those two? <laughs> Damn it. Uh, but, like, honestly, this, this episode has me, like, amped up. Like, all political correctness that I have, I just want to throw out the window and say, what the fuck? Like, it just, I don't know. Like, I mean, I, I imagine myself, I imagine what I would do if I was confronted with this, this situation. Do you want, so let, let's put it into context. So a John A. McDonald statue is being removed. People go to protest. Would you go? Would you counter protest? I would not counter protest. I have I have a policy of not not enabling protests, right? So I realize that sounds a little complicated, right? Yeah, but does. I don't I don't want to draw attention to like when fascists come to Niagara, mm-hmm. it's like ten guys, yeah. right? So I don't want to go and double their crowd and accidentally give them give them I'll press, right? I'm give gonna, them yeah, I'm gonna let the a ten, platform to talk. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I'm gonna let the ten white guys circle jerk each other and then ride off into the sunset, right? Yeah. So, but. I mean, if, if it were going to be like, if it were like Charlottesville mm-hmm. where they're chanting down the street and they are literally yelling anti-immigrant, anti-black yep. and anti-Jewish rhetoric like they were the night before, then yeah, I'm probably going down yeah. the next day to, yeah. to try and do something about it. Exactly. So I don't know. So, but 
I guess the thing is that they also they want us to overreact because that does play into their narratives. But but again, it's it's a bit of a it's a bit of a false equivalency to say that Antifa and Black Lives Matter that that's the same as as being anti-Jewish, anti-black, and being anti anti-Muslim. Well, I mean, you have Antifa and Black Lives Matter movement because of white supremacy because of the kkk because of the the um, the nazis they the whole purpose of these organization organizations existing are to combat the racism and the hatred in that that's coming out of their mouths that they spew on a regular basis so you take out racism you take out antifa you take out black lives matter movement yeah i mean there's a cause and effect here so i don't know People are going to have to give something up, though, and that's what's that's where this is becoming more complicated. When when you look at the economics of history and of social history yeah. and social justice, what you see is you see that gap between the rich and the poor yep. growing. So what's happening is that more and more people are becoming poorer and poorer, and so what's happening is you do have white men that are starting to become marginalized from rich people, right? right. Like they're they're marginalized in a different way. So they're looking for a group to blame. And they're looking for for someone to to fight with. Right. When in actuality, what they should be doing is is looking at their neighbors and other marginalized people and going, "What do I have in common with them? And and how can I help them?" Yeah. Because if if you look at helping the person that's beside you and helping them up, then they can help you accomplish your goals. Yeah. It takes the same amount of energy to help someone yeah. as it does to push someone. So why not lift somebody up as opposed to pushing them down? Yeah, I mean that that's the logic and that's the uh should be the go to, but that's not the case at all. Like you said, they they look for someone to blame. Um, and I, as fired up as I am and as angry as I am and as irrational as I would act if put in the same situation, I know that I'm wrong, right? I know that my anger and my frustration is not the answer. Yeah. Right? It's for me to sit here in front of a Nazi or a, a white supremacist and say, fuck you, what is that going to accomplish? It's going to create more hostility. Yeah. It's going to create more violence. It's going to create um, just a whole bo- bunch of negatives. I mean, when it comes down to it, like as I don't want to sound mushy, but love is, when it comes down to it, love is the answer, yeah. right? Understanding is the answer. If, if as much as I would want to, when I asked you if you would protest, I'm in the same situation as you are because I know that by me being there, it's just going to antagonize them a lot more. Yeah. People with different views don't like to be confronted. I'm not going to argue with a conservative about economic policies knowing that I'm borderline socialist. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We're not going to ever come to an understanding but what i can do and what they can do is they can listen to each other and hear them out and and be a friend do you know what i mean i mean it sounds bad but what was that movie i'm just gonna wait a second american history x so what happened in it is this guy gets convicted for for killing a black guy um goes into jail he's uh clearly nazi has a swastika on his on his um on his chest and the the ending literally comes down to is a black guy ends up saving his life wow. when when the nazis weren't there a black guy was there and that's what it takes for us i mean it, it it's going to take a a really 
strong individual. It, it takes a really strong individual to love somebody that hates you. Yeah. It takes a really strong individual to, to put up with all the shit that they're going to throw at you. But I mean, let's learn from Gandhi. What did Gandhi do? Right? Yeah. Yeah. There, I mean, another, another example, I'll throw it in the show notes, but there's an amazing Ted talk where a guy is working at a gas station and a gentleman is working at the gas station and he's not from America originally. I think, I think he's an Indian immigrant and he's coming here because he's trying to create opportunity for himself. And what happens is in the wake of America's Islamophobia, a gentleman comes in and shoots him in, in the face, immediately in the face and in the, what's a blatant, a blatant hate crime. So what ends up happening is that this other guy goes through the entire system and he, there are a whole bunch of things that have, that have led to him getting to that point of racism, right? Like he hasn't, you don't, you don't just sort of wake up one day and say, I want to be racist, right? right? Like the, the gentleman who was racist and who shot the immigrant, he himself had, had suffered a tough life. So he yeah. goes through the system and he's having a hard go and everything is working against him. And it doesn't look like there's ever going to be an opportunity for him to turn his life around yeah when the very immigrant that he shot ends up being the person that advocates for him the most yeah it was it was the person he shot that ended up actually forgiving him and advocating for him and showing him that that love was the way out of all this hate and Mm -hmm. anger that he had and that's what we need to do i mean i'm not saying embrace somebody who shoots in the face but we, we need to let love persevere we need to let we need to let love lead us. Right. Um, and we're humans. Like, we're we're animals at its finest. We, our instincts, our emotions often get the best of me, um, get the best of us. Yeah. And understanding that that's going to happen, but then thinking logically and thinking rashly and saying, you know what? What happens if I do return his hate with hate? Yeah same situation you're not going to be progressing anywhere sure you might get into a fight you might kick this guy's ass but ultimately nothing has progressed yeah you're injured he's dead and what's gonna what 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 are you doing you're waiting for the next conflict to arise yeah right to to effectively end racism we need love we need understanding we need compassion we need to we just need to learn we need to learn from the past. We need to learn from the present. And we need to just, I don't know. What do you think? I agree. And I think that, that that's the start is you have to come from a positive place. Mm-hmm. You have to come from a loving place. But love is a fundamentally giving thing. And I think that's the thing that's that's hard for a lot of people is that equity. Mm-hmm. Like when you look at things like affirmative action, right? Yeah. Like just, just look at the backlash over affirmative action. And on the one hand, it's it's like, don't you understand that by hiring indigenous people, that that's how you help them out of the, out of this, some of the situations that they're in? Don't you understand that if you hire more women, you're going to have a better workplace? Or if you have more women politicians or more women CEOs, you're going to have a more a more gender balanced place. Right. And then it's going to make the world a better place. But what some people can't get past is that, well, but but I wanted that job. I'm, yeah. I'm a white man and I'm white straight cisgender male and i didn't get that opportunity because somebody else got it but that's unfortunately that's privilege and it's hard to acknowledge that you have that privilege and i'm not saying that it's easy but i am saying that 
white people are going to have to get over their white fragility. Yep. They're just going to have to. And again, before this this weekend and everything that happened in Charlottesville, I had a lot more patience and I thought we had more time to really work through this. But this is something that's got to happen tomorrow. We have to start living in an anti-racist world. Yep. And that has to be led by white people declaring that they're anti-racist and doing something about it and being prepared not to give everything, but to give something yep. to make the world an equitable place. They need to stand up and say that the status quo is no longer acceptable my hidden racism, my hidden racist thoughts are not acceptable. They need to lead by example. So it's come to that time. And I'd like to hear your traveling thought, Mr. Doxator, if you could. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. Those are the words of Dr. Martin Luther King. And I think that's the kind of thinking that, that America needs right now. I think that what's now called Canada needs that kind of thinking right now. Yep. I think that the entire world needs to realize that only love can drive out the hatred. Well said. Thanks. For me, uh, my traveling thought and the point that I want to get across is that racism is wrong. Fundamentally, hatred is wrong. Don't do it. Love each other. Love, love your family, love the world, love people. Know that there's differences in society. People have different views on everything, different cars they drive, different um, televisions, shows that they watch, different sports teams that they love. You don't, you don't hate people because of that. Why would you hate people because of their skin color? Just love your friends, love your neighbors, love the world. Um, and we'll get through this together. I support that thought, and on that note, this has been One Dish, One Mike in the Pop-Up Podcast Studio at Cowork, Niagara, the home of Niagara's independent workforce. Don't forget to click like and to retweet this and share this and Insta, Insta Snapchat yeah. it. Hashtag racism's wrong. Agreed. Be an anti-racist. Thanks for listening to One Dish, One Mike on the Niagara Podcasters Network. Your hosts are Carl Dockstader and Sean Vanderplus. Recording is done at the Pop-Up Podcast Studio at Cowork, Niagara home of Niagara's independent workforce. Executive producer is Trevor Twining. Production assistance by Daniel Twining. Show artwork by Mitch Baird. Music by DJ Shub, used with permission. If you have show ideas or comments, you can reach us on Twitter at Niagara Podcasts.